Hello and welcome to this month's episode of the Little Rock Games Game of the Month Club. This is Season 3, Episode 6, our season finale for this month, the month of June 2019. We played the game God of War, the 2018 release, and I believe we all played it on the PlayStation 4-ish, right? Yes? Yes, we did. Awesome. Um... I am Brad. I'm Tanner. I'm Olivia. I'm Robbie. And I'm Joe. And we're going to talk about God of War and what we liked about it, what we really, 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 really didn't like about it. Oh boy. Um, Just a little little intro there, a little heads up. Uh, And um, this was a huge, huge release uh, back in 2018. Probably one of the biggest games of the year, wouldn't you guys say? The game of the year. The The game game of the year, year, according to some organizations. Did someone actually call it the game of the year? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, lots of people have already played this. And this was, because this is our uh, end of the season, our sixth game, this is our long-form game that we've been playing for the past six months. Um, So some of us got a whole lot of time in the game. Um, Others, maybe not so much. So stick around with us. We're going to find out. Uh, who those people were, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. What about God of War? What uh, Do we need to what even tell <laughs> what kind of a game it was? I think yes. everybody kind of knows. Uh, we do. There's you guys, some important you guys give context. It. Yeah, because one of the reasons this game is really interesting is because it's the first game that's came out in a while in a really established franchise. It's about 10 years. And it's almost like a soft reboot in some ways of a lot of the, not it, it's not explicitly marketed that way or anything, but, um, but of a really popular, really hyper-violent action-adventure puzzle game, uh, sort of a classic of like, what, PS2 era mm-hmm. uh, games. Um, so we've decided to play it just because it's such a huge, huge game. Uh, it's a massive AAA production, and we didn't think we would be able to get enough out of it in just one month, so that's why we spent well, six months on it. Um, good scenario, good, good synopsis of kind of just what kind of game it was. Um, I think I played the back on PS2, the, the very first one, and I carried over a lot of those things with me. Uh, memories of that into this game, of course, which we can talk about. <laughs> but um, yeah, actually, one of the reasons that that Tanner and I like talked about it and ended up suggesting this for a long form game is because we had a conversation at some. I don't even know if it, I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was outside the podcast about how much some people on this table really hated <laughs> the original games. But this mm-hmm. game was such a departure from those games that I feel like it was worth talking about specifically in context of how it evolved out of those other games. Yep. And I absolutely agree with you. I think that it is definitely worth talking about in that context. I'm going to stop beating around the bush here and let you guys know I'm the person who, I don't know about the rest <laughs> of you guys, but bad. I absolutely hated this game. I can't say it in enough terms. And I'm, I'm not going to sit and grouse about it the whole time. I have some real, actual deep criticisms of it that I want to get to. But just, I want to get this out of the out in the open very early on. <laughs> This game frustrated me to the point of wanting to throw my yell at the screen and throw my my controller. Uh, so much of the button pushing, so much of the uh, linearity of it going in one direction and not having any kind of agency, no choice in kind of what you're doing. You're roller coastered, uh, railroaded along for the ride, and that 
is my least favorite kind of game. Should we should we each do first impressions? Yes. Or, 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 <laughs> no, just mine. <laughs> Today's podcast will be Brad right. ranting old, for one Old man hour. yelling at Cloud. <laughs> um, but yes, absolutely. It's like a Spartan rage you're having right now. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Did you, did you tap both? Yeah. L3R3. You're not helping. The good Light news, yourself on the fire. The good news is he's invulnerable, so no matter what we say or do... <laughs> He'll just keep ranting. He gains power. He's constantly regenerating. (laughs) That's how it works. Um, That's why rants are important. Yes. Uh, Yes, please. uh, Let's go around the room. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So uh, I had uh, probably the opposite reaction of Brad. Um, I think I was a big proponent for for picking the game. Um, I played the original uh, trilogy, and for me, that was at a time in my life where that was very cool i was like the 12 to 15 range so you know evil or not evil but vicious story of revenge of slighted male masculine figure um (laughs) was was very appealing to me at that time um and so sort of revisiting uh the themes that it explores uh the game makes a conscious point to to explore uh like its own maturity like separating it from that that first trilogy. Uh, so that was really interesting. To me. Mm-hmm. That was a big reason of why I picked it. Um, it's also in line with a, a style of games that is less popular now, but that I enjoyed a lot growing up. Just single-player, story-driven, um, like, action-adventure games. Everything Brad hates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, it was it was something I was going to like, and I knew that going into it. Um, but, but yeah, we can talk about more why soon. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I was Very also soon. <laughs> soon, eventually, four hours later. Um, yeah, I was also one of those people that really enjoyed the first game because for the exact same reason, like, God of War was the pinnacle of cool when I was in middle school. Like, it was the game that you had to get your parent to go buy it for you, and the people that had it at school were so cool. And of course, that one disc got passed around to, like, everybody in the entire middle school, and it was the coolest thing ever. Um, it's like Playboy when we were young. <laughs> well, the first game. It, it had a kind of seamy feel when you said that. It was like, we passed this disc around our whole middle school. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it got uh, so dirty. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, and so I was really excited to see that. Because one of the reasons that this game really is appealing to me was because they totally could have made this exact same game its own IP. Right, but they didn't. They specifically were self aware enough to to take a character like Kratos, who is just like this one dimensional cheesy action. Well, yeah, he right. is. And then they specifically decided to use that character to tell the sort of story that they told in this game. I felt like it was really special, and and yeah, I felt that way going in, and and I feel like it fulfilled that really well. And, and <laughs> an interesting yeah. fact you had creative, your turn <laughs> the creative director for this game has been the writer uh, from the first three games and the I believe creative director for the last two games so it's not like they brought in new people and rebooted it like it was a conscious so, uh, decision right. it's just the Corey next Balrog. story and, and yeah. it's also representative of like a difference in like evolution of like sort of what games like what sorts of stories games are allowed to tell in some ways I think so yeah so my relationship with the God of War series is this. Uh, when I first started getting into video games and stuff, it was like very much like a nerdy, not cool thing. 
And then by the time the PS2 and stuff rolled around, it was suddenly like the cool people played video games. And so games like Call of Duty and God of War gave me the extreme hipster reaction of like, <laughs> no, this is for cool. Like, this is not for cool people. This is for like nerdy weirdo people. We call so, that revenge of the nerds. Right. So if you're if you're into that, then I'm not into it. <laughs> and so that's why uh, I never really played any of the God of War games. I just sort of watched the trailers and sneered. Um, but I was happy to play this new God of War. Um, just for so I could say there. See, I played a God of War. <laughs> um, but then also because uh, I, the impression that I got from this game, as opposed to other games, is that they put a lot of a lot more effort into thinking about the kind of game they were making. Not to say that they didn't before, but I guess they did it in a different way that seemed a little bit more interesting. And I guess it was for me. Uh, I guess the the story was interesting but the the gameplay is still in my mind exactly what i expected a god of war game to be again having not played the other three um and now i don't want to sound like an old person but it just had so much blood <laughs> like i don't understand why i needed to have so much um but you know it, it was it was a worthwhile game i guess i can see why it was people's game of the year and uh yeah i can't wait to talk about it nice is it me to you. Okay. Um, you got me thinking, by the way, about it would be fun to talk in more depth about the, the sort of advent of the PS2, yeah. which I think opened, it was in some ways like the Atari 2600, like it reopened to a whole generation of everyday yeah. people. The idea that video games were a legitimate sort of, mm -hmm. um, it feels like way more than the Xbox. The PS2 was like, you know, that with like Grand Theft Auto 3 mm -hmm. were and I know this has not anything to do with my first impression of the game, but but we, it, it would be interesting for us to talk at some yeah. point about that moment and how it kind of shaped that whole period of, of video game use. Anyway, um, so I actually, I never played any God of Wars. I, I God's Up War. And I have <laughs> had never, literally had never heard of it until this one came out. Um, didn't know much about it at all when we, when we picked it. Um, I actually found it super enjoyable. Um, I thought it was a, I think it's an unbelievably beautiful game in terms of the art style and the use of audio and mm -hmm. like their, the sensory experience of it, I, f I found really, really enjoyable. Especially the, when you get to talk to the world serpent. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, so scale, I mean, we can go, we can, there are a number of things we can talk about, but the use of scale in this game as an artistic element is, is an unbelievably powerful tool. I mean, the sense of, you know, of being sort of a god, right? That's your character. And, and the scale with which you're, you're dwarfed in so many of these sequences is, to, to me, was a really powerful thing. Um, so I, just as a kind of sensory and aesthetic experience, I found it really, really pleasurable. Um, I actually really liked the executions and things <laughs> where you could tear people in half if you hit both buttons at the right time or the right... I can't remember what the sequence is, but... Um, I liked that you could wound something and then, you know, tear its head off or split it in half. Or, I found that really satisfying. It's a very visceral uh, game. It is, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was basically hooked when, um, you know, when Balder shows up at the beginning and you have like a 45-minute fight with him. That escalates to splitting the very grounds yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, I really, like, I found that, that 
Um, and just his whole character and the way that, you know, he sort of looks like a, you know, kind of vagrant. Um, anyway, this is a long, long first impression, but, uh, but for me, there's a lot to talk about just in terms of the aesthetics of it, um, mm -hmm. even separate from the raw mechanics of combat, which happen pretty regularly. Um, that's my first impression. And, and for those reasons, I, I would, I would def, for me, it was a, it was a really positive experience. That's what I've got to say. I want to throw in that it is absolutely gorgeous, beautifully done, and your and, and what you said about the sense of scale in it, uh, I completely got that and, and liked that scale. The thing was, I was drawn out of that so often by the two things: the mechanics of the button smashness of it all, and the abruptness of going from a fight where I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting and smashing buttons, you know, over and over and over again. And then it all stops like right at a crucial moment. And it's like a cutscene where there's some narrative drama. And then all of a sudden I go right back to fighting and then back and forth and back and forth. That switching like that really pulled me out of a lot of those kinds of moments that you were talking about. Mm. Well, yeah. So Obviously, there's a million things to talk about. So one of the other things I would have said in my opening comments... This is still your opening. Keep going. You're just riffing. For yeah, yeah, I yeah. really appreciate it. We're each going to do so, 20 minutes of it. <laughs> um, so I actually, I actually found, generally, I found the, the story, for me, was really compelling. I thought the characters were really, really well written. Um, the dialogue was well written. Um, I mean, it, my expectations, I guess, from, from video game dialogue and video game narrative are pretty low because even many AAA games I, disappoint me regularly in those areas. Mm -hmm. um, and so just particularly as the relationship grows between the son and the father, it's a, like it's a, and you sort of learn more about, about you know, the mother's role and, and what, what that gap is. Um, I guess for me, that stuff was really strong. And so I wasn't as much... Um, taken back by that, that. Oh, no, that's it. That was it. Well, that's kind of the issue. Uh, my biggest issue with the game is that it seemed like uh, here's some fun things for you to do, and here's a story also, like to keep you doing the thing. Because if if you take away the story, it is pleasurable to like aim the axe and throw it. It is pleasurable to like run around and like use your different combos and learn more combos and, and like figure out the most efficient way to kill these things. But I would have been bored with it pretty quickly without that story driving me along. But it, but it very much felt like, here's this cool thing. Now here's more of that story you've been reading. And now here's the next part. And now here's the next, like, it seemed like I was just like trading things. It, both things were great, but it just, they they both took me out of each other. But because I like both of them, I guess that's what kept me. So I didn't going. feel that way at all. I actually, I, I've, to me, and again, for me, it's going to be impossible to separate yeah. my experience with the original God of War yeah, yeah. and this game. But, because the whole time I had this character in my head and this type of game in my head and everything, it felt like it was doing, every piece of narrative I get, yeah. it felt like it was not being that. Like, I felt like the transition between the narrative and the action was seamless, and I felt like they didn't, uh, other than in a few a few places, I think, I don't feel like that they gave you in combat encounters for the sake of combat encounters, other than that it would, you know, other than that for pacing reasons, right? Mm -hmm. To keep, like, keep have the highs and lows of, here's some combat, here's a puzzle, here's some combat, here's the cutscene, you know? Right. Um, and 
whereas the original game did that a little bit as well, but it was really like, they sort of framed it like the puzzles. And I'm not even going to say the narrative, because there is a strong narrative in the original games, but really the focus is just the combat and just the sheer spectacle of it. It's more paced like something like Devil May Cry. Like, um, it's it's like three times faster in terms of how many enemies you're fighting and how much damage you're dealing and how much is happening on screen uh, at any given moment. In the, in the older games. Yeah, and so, so in this, this game, it felt, slower. like, all the combat, it felt so much more grounded. It felt like you yeah. were playing as a real person and not as a superhero character, and it felt like it was super well integrated into the the narrative. Now, it's really interesting, though, that, that having less experience with the franchise, that you had the opposite experience. But I actually, my experience was much more like yours. So I... I was really pleased with the relationship between the, the narrative and the mechanics. Like even just simple stuff, right? So you've got this father-son relationship that's mechanically expressed through two different parts of the controller. Um, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, a tale of two sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that terrible, terrible game we played <laughs> late at night at my a house. A way out. A way out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, just terrible. Um, the... But but I really like so it took me a long time to figure out how to use uh, to essentially use my son as a bow, um, but once I kind of got that sorted, it was the combination of like having him distract things so that I could then mess with them. Mm-hmm. It felt like this nice complementary oh, relationship, yeah. and um, I guess for me it it just because I know exactly what you're talking about, and there's actually a fair amount of of literature now, like both, con- yeah. both academic and about this kind of relationship between mechanics and narrative and and there are some games that are really bad at it, right? yeah, um and this but, one didn't feel as much to so me like that the here's the reason why, yeah, um yes, so that part of it the the relationship with your son very much reinforced by the mechanics um and and that and that was very satisfactory. But from the very beginning, once you find out, oh, we're in Midgard, and then having a background, or not a background, a huge background, but knowing things about Norse mythology, it's like, oh, cool, so we're in our world. Cool. Um, why are there all these, like, ice monsters? And, like, what, like what's going on? Like, how, why, why are the dead coming back to life? Why are they fighting me? Why are there so many? All those things get answered way later. Yeah. But at, at the beginning, I find out I'm in Midgard, which is the real world. And there are fantastical creatures everywhere. But, you know, who knows what the time period is, and it's supposed to be a fantasy setting, that's fine. But many of these creatures are, like, undead. And then also, I'm in Midgard, why are there no humans anywhere? Like, anywhere, anywhere. And I'm not sure that part necessarily gets answered. You could infer something. It's very briefly. Like, so essentially they're like, I don't know why. It's essentially a yeah. zombie apocalypse. So like all the dead's coming back to life. So all the regular right. the people The idea is that left. Helheim is but getting also, filled up. It's mm-hmm. interesting because Kratos does not care, right? Right. And as a player, I'm like, want to know about the world. But as being put in Kratos' shoes, I'm sort of forced to be way more concerned with my own task with my son right. when all these other things are going on. And Definitely. so I feel like it's a flavorful thing, but I can see why, like... Yeah, cogs going in your head trying to figure out what sort of setting you're in. Yeah. But your son cares. Well, he very right, yeah. cares. Your son, yeah, your, that that's the other thing too. So like knowing knowing about like the idea of Stoic philosophy maybe makes it easier to understand Kratos. But it's unfair to ex- expect someone to come into the game with that expectation or with that knowledge. So really, it's just here's this guy that doesn't talk much and he's an asshole to his kid, mm-hmm. and we're doing all this stuff and they're zombies. It's just like a lot of 
stuff that it's expecting other people to bring to the table. That if it, uh, there's other gamey sort of elements too, like the all the the yellow markings to let you know, like you can jump on mm -hmm. here and you can climb around. All these questions that I have had at the beginning get answered way later in the story. And if they would have just been hinted at or just said, like, there's a reason, I could have been drawn in and everything would have been a cohesive experience. But instead, it's all just separate things. But then later they tell you, oh, no, these two things that you that you think right. were separate, actually, they're the same. Yeah, See, I, I didn't think... make it far enough for, yeah. for I, did, I didn't make it past all that other BS and, and that disjointedness of, of those things connecting right. to get to that end. So I feel like it just, it really boils down to that it really takes its time to tell the story that it's really Oh, yeah. Told. It's also, it's, it's like almost to a fault very heavily informed by the original games. Mm -hmm. Because they don't do more than hint at like Kratos' backstory in those games. Um, and you can probably piece it together if you're familiar with like broad Greek mythology themes. But uh, they, they don't spend any time other than just like, Kratos killed his dad. He now has a son. That's they kind of They don't even tell you that he killed his dad until way late in the game, too. Exactly. Unless, yeah. unless you played the first three games, you would have no idea what... Honestly, I feel like one, one negative narrative comment I would have about this game is that... So I feel like it's easy to get into their... like Because their relationship is what the story's about. It's not about Kratos and his history, mm -hmm. right? Um... But I feel like knowing that really informs their relationship so much more. But the game doesn't cover that gap for you. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you much other than, like, they never, like, because they don't even say anywhere in the game, why is his skin white? Why does he have the weird red mark on him? Why is he like this with his son? Yeah. Um, all of those things make sense if you know what happened in the other games. But if you, but if you put aside all that mm -hmm. and you just focus on the narrative that it's trying to give you, which is just yeah. him and his son then it's a lot easier to enjoy the game because a lot of those mechanics do reinforce Kratos being powerful and Artreus sort of needing to learn a lot from his father and the, but the two still needing to work together to accomplish this thing. All that works together and that's really great. Um, I just, I don't know. I wish it, it had gone there. I, I think that's totally with valid. Stuff. I feel like that's really bad. I mean, I had tunnel vision. I was just like, yeah. this is my son and I care about <laughs> right. him and yeah. I don't care about anything else. And I feel like that's sort of what that's it's... That's the it best way to enjoy good, the got job of doing that, but it's really easy to where if you don't immediately get yep. sucked into yeah. that part of the narrative. And I think, I, I would also say that, I mean, so I for me, there were two very particular emotional hooks and this was probably true for for you, some of you guys as well. So... So there's sort of the emotional hook of of sort of ma thinking about my my relationship with my own father. Yeah. Right. But then I have a sort of secondary one is, is I have a relationship with a son, and so I have in both directions this kind of hook that for me was really meaningful, and I and again which surprised me because my expectations of of even again not even but in some ways especially AAA narratives is that they're going to be cornball yep. and that they're going to like have bad dialogue and the dialogue is going to be totally implausible but it you know it functions to like remind you that somebody lives up the hill and yeah. remind you that they need three sheep and you know <laughs> even though there's no particular reason for someone to tell you any of that stuff um so i actually i guess for me it was so pleasant a surprise to be engaged by a character who was unapologetically in some ways cruel to his son um, but the, the thing that hooked me before I ever even played the game was in the trailer. This has also happened at the very beginning of the game. Is that scene with the deer? 
Yeah. Because this character who is clearly aggressive, he's clearly hyper-masculine. Literal god of war. I mean, but you can infer that by the title, but just by looking at him and hearing him talk, you can infer these things about his character. He has this moment where, um, you all saw this, is when he he is trying to get his son to kill the deer. And he forces him to do it. And his, uh, does he, I don't remember if he starts crying or if he's kind just of like, almost. So. Yeah. Um, and he goes to put his hand on his yeah, shoulder and then, doesn't. And and then doesn't. does yeah. it. Yeah. That moment to me, like especially in the context of what sort of character I knew Kratos to be, blew my mind. Right, and I feel like that to me was just like that was all I needed. I just like I knew what sort of game it was going to be at yeah. that point. Yeah, um, I don't actually think he was that cruel. I don't to think him. so either. I think he it's. He was being, he's, he's being of actually, so fundamentally, I think Kratos is a very good parent. And I think also he's the best version of a parent that he could be. Like for the type of person that he is, he's doing, like, he's really doing his best. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's true. I I think that you don't have to be intentional to be cruel. Well, that's true. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I, so I think his son suffers because he's, of his inability. I mean, you could make that case about anybody, right? Like you'd say... My father didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to be a terrible parent. (laughs) I can't can't wait. Right. Right. He did the best he could given his circumstances, but those, he was not able to do a number of things. And so, so for me, not only could I identify with that kind of relationship, but it also, I felt like it was dealt with very sort of authentically. Like, Mm. like, I mean, there's, in some ways it's much more tragic, right. To want to do something loving, but being unable to, than to just not want to, to, right? Yeah. I mean, so the so the son doesn't even know he was trying to to right. kind of encourage him. Yeah. So all, all he hears is the lack of encouragement, which, you know, is But harsh. that's also at the beginning mm-hmm. when he had the luxury of being being the parent that just goes out and hunts things. And uh, the the mother uh uh Faye is what they refer to her as, but uh Lua Fay or something like it's that. Just Faye, is, right? It's shortened. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. That. Yeah, it's it's another name for like <laughs> they always the, say her the, name the, like mo- three or the mother four of Loki is Lua Fay. Yeah, yeah, and so that's who she, who she's meant to be. Um, uh, I've lost completely lost. The, oh yeah, so she, she, she did, yeah, so she did a lot of the the sort of nurturing and emotional support. Now that she's gone, he has to fill that role. So yeah, at the beginning of the game, it's very hard for him. There's many scenes later on where he he hugs him. He puts his hand on your shoulder, yeah. tell, like uses words to express his feelings to him. Um, like he grows a little bit. Through. It grows a lot. I yeah. mean, there's se- I mean, there's several really huge turning points yeah. in the game that totally change their whole relationship. And again, like so, we can talk about like mechanics and everything. Yeah. But there's just like all I can remember from the game is their relationship and like those dynamics. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean everything you guys are saying is true, and I I. I I literally all I was trying to say is that I I identify with where he starts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's yeah. I mean, I think you can absolutely say that in, he's better than many parents who start there and end there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I I actually the to me the sort of cutest one of those changes is that he starts complimenting Atreus on his archery right like so but like about like, midway through the game he starts going nice shot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like wait where's that <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. was that one of the or, draugr I mean, who said the, that the, the best part though is that it doesn't start like that it starts off as 
that was acceptable. Yes, yeah. like, exactly. You know? but no, yeah. like, it literally starts like There's, he's just criticizing. Yeah, he misses like, the deer and like, well, yeah. he doesn't miss it, but injures it. He's like, don't shoot unless you know you can kill yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you know, don't cause unnecessary suffering, which is already a sign that this is a different character than you had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that, you know, it's, it's a satisfying arc that by the end of the game, the emotional, in a typical God of War game, your conclusion would be fighting Joromunder, the 500-story-tall snake, because it's the giant impossible it's thing, big and, yeah. and you kill it. But here, you fight Balder, you spare his life, um, and tell him that stop. Like spoilers, spoilers. By the way, <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're gonna stop this. You're out of control. This ends, and you go to leave. Balder gets up to try and kill his mother, and then Kratos kills him because he wasn't going to let it continue. Uh, but then after that, he finally has this sort of emotional connection with his son, and like acknowledges and his past, and like it's not a 180 for the character, but it's a definite. Um, He's a, he's a different kind of person than he was like 20 minutes earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that at least to me that felt like a believable journey like over the course of the game. And, uh, and honestly, to me, like, so I, they never talk about this in the game. So I'm just going to, I'm not sure if you guys knew this about the original game, but he murdered his last, his first wife yeah. and children. He's essentially Hercules. Like, yeah. Um, and so the fact that the game starts with him having a son terrified me oh, like, also, was, his, his his ash white skin is the burned ashes of his previous family and that so is the fact that he's burying like, his wife's ashes yeah it's such like a like a different it's just i guess cause, because the game was pitched as like you know here's a here's war, another god here's, of war game. No, no no that's not how it was pitched to me at all yeah. it was pitched as Here's a mature version of the most immature franchise is what I was pitched yeah. this game as. So I just figured like, okay, yeah, like he's probably, what what terrified me about the game was, oh, it's going to be a hardcore gamer's version of what parenting is. That's what I thought. <laughs> right. And I was like, I mean, like yeah. this is going to be so With a whole lot of button pushing. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> that's what parenting is. Kind of. Yeah. I, I expected like when the first time when you turn a corner and it's kids throughout the entire game, Atreus is running ahead of you. Uh-huh. And my instincts as a parent is to be like, stop. What are you <laughs> right. doing? Right. It's dangerous. Especially because there's one point where um, there's, uh, you come across, I think it's before you meet the first, the cannibal people the first time. Uh, and he's like, do you think it's safe in there? And I remember thinking like, why are you asking now? Like, <laughs> what? Like, and then the next line out of Kratos' mouth is that, uh, well, do you think it's any safer than out here? Which is like, fair point. But also <laughs> like, but I expected there to be like a button that would just be like, make the kid come back. Or, or there to be right. like buttons that basically tell, tell, tell kids what to do <laughs> would, be, yeah. would be what the game like would be. Like your horse in Shadow also, of Colossus. Stop running the hell yeah. to you. So one of my favorite parts in the game is there's a point where Atreus finds out that he's half god. Right. Oh yeah! Immediately, he his personality takes he takes a complete one eighty and he, he turns, turns into a little shit. He yeah, does. he does. He 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 murders somebody because he's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. He when so, you tell him he, to shoot something, he says whatever. He says, yeah. or, he's, yeah. or he sometimes he just says no oh. and just doesn't do it. There's a point where he stops, literally stops listening to you. He shoots you. Oh, that yeah, happens, that happens yeah. too. <laughs> um, and just. Just the fact that they they change yeah. the mechanics around yeah. his behavior, mm-hmm. and then you realize how much you were relying on him actually listening to you. Before those that. stun arrows, though, man, stun arrows. I needed those. Um, uh, but that uh, that sort of 
mechanics informing relationships and vice versa mm -hmm. is something that uh, really stood out to me in the game. And yeah. the other strongest case I've seen is in The Last of Us. I was about to mm. compare The Last of Us. Uh, and so that you have this child that's coming with you, usually reluctantly, like the main character doesn't really want them there. Uh, but as the relationship grows, the the kid becomes more useful to you mechanically as they become more capable. Um, so it, that always stood out to me in that game, like how that ties so closely together. Uh, and so like to the point towards the end of the game, there's an action scene when the final fight with Balder, you're kind of getting beat up, um, but you start getting more and more direct control over Atreus. Like, he's actively participating in the fight, and your, you know, prompt comes up, press square to shoot Balder with the arrow. Um, I was really worried for, like, a minute. I'm like, Kratos is about to die, and we're just gonna, like, play Atreus. Like, yeah. because mm. that's happened a couple times. That's how The Last of Us mm. almost, like, kind of ends. Like, no, you take we have over... spoilers of The Last of Us. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Don't forget yeah. Red Dead Redemption. Don't yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm run out of this room. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, that, that sort of way of wrapping up the characters into a tangible, like, mechanic is something that's always been really interesting mm -hmm. to me. Technically, though, Kratos has died before, too, so. Yeah. And, and then he just climbed out. Yeah. But, <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> but I do think, I mean, just to, to kind of, I know this is a little bit of a joy fest, but I, I actually think the fact that we can have a sort of healthy argument about the narrative of this oh, yeah. game suggests how much better a narrative it is than many games I've played. Like there are so many games I've played where the narrative is not really worth talking about. Mm -hmm. um, like it exists, but there's 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 not enough meat there to actually debate, right? Like characterization and 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 the ways that it's being used. And so so to me that's for me that was a really positive experience. Yeah, that like like that that is even there um, for us to kind of argue over. It just makes me happy that that's the kind of game that's that's getting picked now. Definitely. But I wish that I... I guess my wish would be... Uh, I don't know what my wish would be. But there, there's there's a part that rubs, rubs me the wrong way. and Like, the, the foot that God of War puts forward is before you even start the game and asks you what difficulty you want to have. Mm. And it gets harder and harder. And, like, the the first one is tell me a good story, which is, like, the easy version. And the hardest version is Give Me God of War, which to me says, well, if you don't want to play the real game, choose these other ones. Yeah. If you want the real game, yeah. here, uh, choose the hardest one. I think I played on the whatever the, the second hardest is. I still find it very, found it very challenging. And there were multiple times where I just decided I'm not playing this evening because this is too hard. Mm -hmm. And I wish those, those parts didn't happen as much. There were, there were parts that were very, very hard, and I stayed up later because I wanted to... I wanted to beat them. Mm. But there were other times that it just said, this is too hard and not in a fair way. Like, this is too hard just because you decided you wanted there to be a hard part right now. I was you playing know, on easy sense. mode, on the easiest level, uh, ability level, and I felt the same way. It was, it was that um, frustrating level of trying to get past a thing. And it, all, it wasn't all just combat. I mean, a yeah. lot of it was how, and, and not even the puzzle aspect of it either, but why am I stuck on this path? He, Kratos can can jump up. He can climb things. Yeah. Why can't I walk across that log? Why can't I just go up this wall and explore this thing? It reminded me of it was it was so uh, narrowly linear. Um, 
that I, I felt trapped in there without any kind of direction that I could go except whatever direction they were trying to make me go. And I compare it to uh, the other one of the other AAA games, Nier Automata. It it did such a good job of pushing you along in a, near, in, a, in, a in a linear way, but making you feel like you were in something bigger. Um, the only place that felt big in this was the lake, and that right. was only to take you to these other very, very specifically narrow, narrow, narrowly linear spaces. It's it's like uh, the uh, the room in Ape Escape, where you can like choose it's the levels. Yeah, yeah. It's the hub <laughs> yeah. choose which um, level to zoom so to. I yeah. I don't feel like linearity is necessarily a bad thing um, because I feel like with the because honestly I think the level design in this game is meticulously, like, superb. Um, just every single puzzle, like, there was a way to solve it that made sense, but you still had to think about it for a little bit. And the different ways that you can explore through the different areas and the way that things are hidden, I feel like it was really well done. With some exceptions, I do have some problem with the way that they designed... So, throughout the game, you unlock different abilities that let you get through different sorts of obstacles. Mm-hmm. And it's really unclear like when I should explore because if I don't have all of the tools I would just have to go back again anyway. Yeah. That's a separate issue. See but okay. I, I but but I just just I just feel like the linearity isn't really like it's just a stylistic difference. I and I think that they did a good job of making the world feel big but also telling the story in the order that they wanted you to Well but that felt because it was on such a narrow narrowly linear line, all of those little things that you're talking about about getting to a place and, and getting a new skill to open something up felt contrived. Like, and all of the little obstacles and things that they put in between, all, most of the puzzles, some of the puzzles were really clever and cool use of skills where he would throw an axe and where the thing that spun around uh, and he had to hit it. And, yeah, and that, was, that was my favorite. That was, that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And hitting the bird flying. Um, but so many of those other things just felt like contrivances to put in the way of moving a narrative along that... I don't get when when games let you explore openly and that or, or that that even are just that feel less linear like so, automata. At this point, Here, I feel like it's a little bit old fashioned, but so it feels weird for God of War. Well, so that's I had that problem too, and th- this is I've had that problem too. I still have that problem for different reasons now. Mm. Um, I, I had the problem too, and then uh, it sort of got explained away. Because at the very end, what you find out is that their mother was a giant and like the like a big hero of the giants. And uh, most giants have the ability to see uh, the future. She or like at least their own death. She like really could see the future. And so presumably she worked with Tyr to build all of those puzzles to build the the gateway the way that they did. So that all those puzzles using all those different abilities existed so that only him and our and Atreus could be the ones to solve everything and get there to the end and spread her ashes. That seems like a huge contrivance to me. It it, it it right, but it kind of I don't know, it almost settles it for me that makes it feel like, oh, that's why I had to overcome all those things, because like they wanted to make sure that we were the only ones that could do this because of this prophecy and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I just wish I had known that from the beginning because otherwise it feels like oh, I'm just I'm playing a video game instead of this really touching thing where the mother of my child foresaw him being this great hero and me 
going along with him and like, look, look at all this, look at this beautiful thing that my ex-wife did for me. Like, you know what I mean? Or my dead wife. Not, presumably. Presumably. Is this your dead wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the end of the prophecy is, sorry, it's not working out. All I could imagine was the two of them in court. He's in a tie. His little bald head. Yeah. Well, he got custody. Right. She was a bad Who was the judge for that? Custody of the kid. And her magic. Judge ever. Exactly. But yeah, it could have been. It could have been this beautiful with. thing of like, here's this trail of breadcrumbs mm. that, you know, yeah. was left for me. And that would explain away all the problems that I had. But otherwise, then, yeah, I get to this puzzle and there's like spinny blades and stuff. And I'm just like, why do I? Have, oh, come on. Really? So, yeah. I feel like that's a side effect of them transitioning from the game that God of War used to be and the game sure. that they want the new franchise mm-hmm. to be. Because So it's like, it's like Star Wars 7. Yes, 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 it is. So I literally think that's what it is because they're trying to to create this sort of... Because they didn't want to make it a new game. They still wanted it to be a God of War game. They still wanted it to have those puzzles and those contrivances and those weird special abilities. Because the other games are really video gamey, right? You have to find the thing because you need the key to unlock the whatever. They teleport you amongst like sequential linear dungeons. You unlock special ability. You now have that special ability in... Mainly use it for that level, and it'll come up a few more times. You do that like fifteen times, and you beat the game. Right. Like, uh, but I mean, it's it's interesting though because they they have to rely on that, right? Because like, I mean, the way most people sort of think about God of War, if they're a fan of it, they're like, okay, I remember what the old games were. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're wanting to do something new with it, but you also have to keep that around. So somebody's gonna look at it and go, "That's that old like hyper violent game." So it's going to be the same thing. So if you lean too far into that, you're going to alienate somebody who would have played the game, mm-hmm. and you might not reach somebody who wouldn't otherwise. So like trying yeah. to straddle that middle ground is a big challenge. And, and I'm the other one. I'm the other side of that. I yeah. played the original ones, and it it drove me crazy in those the same way it drives me drives me crazy in this. The thing where you run up to something and it gives you a circle and it says push the circle button or push circle square circle square triangle. Yeah totally breaks my immersion. Uh, and that's what ruined it. the narrative, my connection to the narrative for me, was whenever I came up against something that seemed like a contrivance like that, that seemed like, uh, now do a game thing really quick, mm-hmm. um, that completely broke narrative and it made it not interesting. But it, 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 the, not only did it make it not interesting, but it made me just frustrated. I, I don't mean to like continue to hammer this, but if so from your if someone had told you in the beginning that these puzzles and stuff are somehow deeply related to the emotional core of the story no you you still wouldn't have liked it really <laughs> no okay. because uh because the narrative wasn't enough to carry me past the frustration okay. and the contrivance the level of contrivance and the 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 pulling me out of that immersion right. through through this do this dumb combo for for no real in-game reason. There, there was no, there was nothing immersive, nothing in-game that would make me do. I'll, I'll take it back to Skyrim. Um, it, it was complicated for me in Skyrim to learn all of the dragon shouts, right? All the different ones, and you 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 get them all tricked out, and then you have the buttons that do them different ways. A lot of things in this seem like that on like steroids, like all these different ways to do all of your different buttons. Drove me a little crazy, but I could have done that. What uh, what Skyrim did that this game didn't do 
was it made it when you're pushing those buttons, you could use them whenever you wanted to as a as a tool, as a strategy, as a, a as a method to get yourself where you wanted to go. In this game, it was just the opposite. You only use that thing. Uh, here's a good example. When uh, he shoots the pig, the magic pig, and uh, the magic forest witch uh, has him, she's trying to heal the pig, and she has him do this thing where you hold uh, R1 and then hold R2, and that that's supposed to uh, uh, be... Kratos has his hand inside the pig's guts, and he's oh, yeah. staunching the wound somehow, staunch, stopping yeah. the bleeding. That whole thing of that was a really emotional scene, and I I liked where that was going, and 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 I wanted to save the pig, right? And I felt the guilt of of that they shot, they did the wrong thing, right? Um, the acting was a little goofy of her admonishing them, but that's something else. Um, but the whole thing of hold this button and then hold this button and now hold them and now let them go now hold them again completely broke so i have a question for but, you would you prefer it if it was just a cutscene um i because maybe that's the alternative but no right? I, no i would prefer it if i had some kind of agency in there to go i can do this thing i can i can be part of this without it just being a a two a two button thing that never so, gets used that that what, whole but double button thing like that never gets used anywhere else in that same way in the in the well, game that I remember two two things well three things now the the, the <laughs> maybe first, four yeah maybe three things uh, the the first thing is um, I typically don't like those things in games either but you did say um, that afterwards you felt the guilt of not being able to no I felt save the I felt the guilt going in oh got it got it got it. Um, so the, and the third thing is, it actually does come up uh, another time where uh, you're killing the oh I can't believe I forgot his name, but he he guards the gates of Helheim, and you have to take his heart out. Mm -hmm. And so there's a part where you're well in that time though you're actually trying to split him open, but it's you know sort of the same thing. You're using the same two buttons to do a similar action, I guess, of splitting up. The fact that that only comes up in two spots. What yeah. I would prefer is whenever I need to do something where I have to move my arms this right. way, maybe swimming or yeah, maybe yeah. maybe pulling two things apart or putting two things yeah. together. And that's a mechanic that does that happen. You do. You, uh, the, the chains that you break open, stuff like that, there, there are plenty of places where you're splitting two things yeah. apart, but it's always a circle. Yep. So you're actually you're right. right. It would be cool. Uh, but I just want to bring up, that's actually a really interesting transition to one thing I wanted to talk about with God of War, which is the cinematics of it. Yeah. Because it's really focused on being a cinematic game. Now, yes. Skyrim, I think, has its cinematic moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would call it a cinematic nope. game. Nope. God of War, it focuses so much on where the camera is. There's almost yeah. no camera From cuts. what I've heard, doing the, the zero cut camera was a pain What's in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's incredible and it's smooth. And because of that, like the only way they had to immerse you in that was to give you some some sort of agency while showing you that this thing is happening. Mm -hmm. Like, could you think of any other design way that they could have done that with their like style of this this high like cinematic like fidelity, other than a cutscene? I don't know. So, I, that's I, what I think. So I think that those just quick time events, they're literally just there to provide some sort of interaction right. in what would normally be a cutscene. Well, here's an interesting thing about that. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up and compared it in, in that way to a game like Skyrim. Um, 
what made me feel immersed and the most sort of cinematic of it all when I was playing Skyrim was that it was my movie. I was the star of this and I was going, I was creating my story. And even in the things where it was um, a quest that had all of these scenes where you would walk up and uh, Shagoral, you know, the, the chaos uh, god guy, Shagorath, Sheragrath. Anyway. There's a Grath in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Maybe that guy. Um, you know, he would talk to you while you're doing all this stuff and it would lead you along the, the, the story of that little quest. But I had agency in those. I, I wasn't just brought to a place to, to, to just press a button at this particular time and then get to the next thing. And again, that, that lack of agency breaks the narrative for me almost every time. That's really interesting because I honestly, I feel like the like sheer like detail to which they did all the cinematic yeah. moments and the way that they that they have you still interact in some way even if it's just doing like the single because I mean God of War was famous for having like way too many quick time events the mm-hmm. older games like it mm-hmm. was it was ridiculous um, and this they toned it back and they really made it they only used it in places where it makes you feel grounded and I just feel like it's a stylistic difference well, right yeah it it does feel like a kind of generic problem yeah. like I really don't like horror movies particularly Mm -hmm. and so like everything you're saying is valid to to a point but at at some point it almost feels like if i said if they could only not have this in horror movies right i guess i would like horror movies right right? but but at some point you're saying this is this kind of game right a whole bunch of people like that experience you just don't happen to be one You're of them. Absolutely, and right. so but this game is this is just not like, my kind of game. Like literally, you would have to go. Well, let's turn this game into Skyrim, right? And yeah. then it would be Skyrim. But I, well, <laughs> let me just throw in: I would love to play in this world. I would love to be able to inhabit right. this game world with right. these characters. Right. So, uh, I I think they they did do a pretty okay usage of quick time events generally there's some weird ones but like yeah like the the pig one is a big is is a big one to me because it's just sort of like there there's no reason for me to assume i, I don't need to be doing this like the, like he, he's the god of war he has big muscles even if he wasn't a god he's got this it's fine but when he's like splitting apart a chain or whatever mm-hmm. and you want to immerse me in that and make me like really hit that that circle button cool like if you want me to feel that exertion that's fine but the pig, I don't care, man. Yeah. Um, and they're like like the, when you're pulling the side of a mountain. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, put, put me in that. that that's the or you of, and your son are working together yeah. to push the thing. When it's something that's like do or die, or when it's something like that, when I'm working with, with our, our Treyas to, yeah. to move something, that's cool. But stuff like that, I don't really care about. The My favorite ones were when you were fighting. It happens a couple times when you're fighting, or I guess it's one long boss battle with Balder at the end. And you have to like, you have to dodge left and right because yeah. he's on top of you those are those are cool because they even stop prompting you and it's right. unclear where the transition yeah. is right. and that was really really interesting and I kept pressing the button yeah. even when I, I wasn't yeah. I like that, that happened several times to me that's a call I was just to like me. I kept buttoning yeah. after they had moved me into and, it and what I noticed yeah. and I tried this This was a time where I kind of did work myself because I noticed there's no health bar right now so I can fail and I can just keep failing and it's going to be fine but I'm still i I wanted to continue feeling the tension because a lot of the, yeah. I could tell like a lot of the game is building up to this moment and yeah, there's no health bar, but I still want to kick this guy's ass because he's kind of an asshole. Cause he so grabbed my stuff. The yeah. scene where, uh, 
the sun gets goes ahead in the fog, and you're in sort of not a oh, cave. Oh yeah, and he's chasing. Yes. Oh, he's chasing yeah. the pig, right? Yep. And he's calling you. And you and lose track of him. Oh, and you lost you track of him. that panic of... Well, that but I didn't because <gasps> I knew that there was no time. He kept oh, calling okay. out and saying it It felt like the, the, the words that you were getting, the dialogue that you were getting was, hurry, I need your help. Come do this. And, right. and Kratos was like, I got to go. We got to find him. But you didn't. You could wander around in those stupid things. There was no time limit. You could right. wander around in those circles in the fog That's forever. also a general problem, though, right? Because the alternative is giving you a timer, and then when you fail, you just have to start over again. And that right. also takes yeah, you out yeah. of the immersion. Yeah, I, so I get it. that's also, like, because that's a problem that a lot of horror games Yeah, I was going to say, trying yeah. to get back to horror games, yeah. that's exactly why I can't enjoy them a lot. Mm-hmm. Because if I ever, like, once I get got by the monster, like, once or twice, it, it's... That's it. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, amnesia is so scary. I'm like, the first time the mutated like pig monster guy like runs up to me and opens the cupboard, and I'm like, that was scary. All right, the rest of the game, I'm good. This is just like me trying to get around this guy. It's, it's not scary anymore. Um, but I don't feel that way at all about other genres. So it's a, it's an interesting problem. Yeah. Like, well, that that uh, that type of mechanic frustrates me in in other games too, including my. Darling Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> he said something my, bad about Skyrim. My darling. No, I don't. I, I don't like this show called My Darling Skyrim. <laughs> Anytime. I don't. I don't like those mechanics. And again, this is just me grousing. I'm a very peculiar type of gamer who doesn't like a lot of conventional things in games. And they're mechanics that have to be done. You're absolutely right. Um, but it, it, the whole thing about running against a timer and then if it doesn't work, you have to start over. So many quests, a little bit of spoiler alert uh, for our next game uh, in Elder Scrolls Online. There are lots of little quests that you have to do that are on a timer and they drive me nuts. And I usually just end up skipping them if I can. Yeah. Because for that very yeah. reason. Oh, sorry. I thought no, I had something to say. Jump in. Okay. Do we want to yeah. do final thoughts? Already? <laughs> so I know, many I know. To talk about. Ah. <laughs> we can, though. Yeah. I think it's almost time. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've talked a lot. Tanner, <laughs> okay. what about you? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, my, my final thoughts, I guess I kind of gave them away with my opening thoughts a little bit. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't totally swayed one way or another. Um, it definitely has issues. I think... Like the uh, the comparison to the last Jedi, no, whatever the Star Wars, the Force, Force Awakens, Awakens. Right. Force Awakens, Star Wars Seven, is somewhat fitting. I also really enjoyed that movie. Because um, this is clearly a part of another trilogy. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much being I won't say held back, but informed by the original trilogy, and that's that's a lot of baggage to juggle. Uh, most of the negative points I have with the game come from. Just trying to split the difference there, uh, but in general, I I'm satisfied with it for the reasons we talked about it, and like tons more because there's a lot to talk about. I thought the animations, um, like the way the combat went, uh, was immensely yeah. satisfying. Uh, the progression of the game, um, the side content that you could do, I really enjoyed. Um, so I could go on and on. I could do like four more episodes. The but. Valkyries? How how many Valkyries did everyone kill? None. I one. I got one. <laughs> yes. I just got stepped on a lot. I, I win. Top of my mind, <laughs> I killed one Valkyrie. I killed a Valkyrie. <laughs> Uh, they just go back to Valhalla. You, you kill yeah. them. You're freeing their corrupted forms. Yeah, you're freeing them. Yeah, by murdering them. Um, 
So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. No, that, that was it. <laughs> that was a nice crescendo. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed every, like, just about every moment of this game. Tanner will probably disagree with me if I say that because I was really mad and yelling really out. Because I, <laughs> I get a lot of satisfaction out of having, playing games at the highest difficulty level and getting through them. So I probably should have taken the difficulty down. I would have got through it way faster <laughs> if I did. Uh, especially Muspelheim because it drove me crazy. Muspelheim, I could not... I, I, I had to quit. Um, but it was a really good game. I feel like that it doesn't offer something for everybody. It's definitely indicative of the types of AAA games that are popular now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's the only type of good game. But the sheer scale of it, the combination of the narrative and the really, well, like, nice, like, combat mechanics. And there's just so much detail put into the game. Um, I definitely feel like it's worth game of the year. And I think that um, I had one really good last thing to say, and I forgot it. But uh, I guess that's it. I really think it was worth game of the year. I don't think it's perfect, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a very, very fantastic and engrossing narrative, and a competently done game, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and so like, generous. I, can, I can see why. I can I can see why it would be on some people's game of the year for that year um it wouldn't it at i for that year i if i had played it during that year i probably would have put it like in the running it wouldn't have gotten game of the year but i would have put it there as like a hey you guys did a good job but i wish (laughs) i wish they would have thought more about um not just the types of people that play these games but the the types of people that would enjoy this narrative and have to be have to be convinced to like the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And if they would have tried to marry those two a, just a tiny bit more, um, it would have been absolutely stellar. Thanks. I thought it was beautiful, both to listen to and to look at. Um, I generally like the gameplay. Um, you, you've turned me around a little bit on the kind of narrowness of the experience. I didn't realize how how much I wanted to just be in places like the lake. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've sort of, the more I think about it, my favorite parts of those were the exploratory parts Mm -hmm. um, where I could go and find new things that were off way off the beaten path. Um, And, and yeah, that's, it's true that there's not as much of that as as I think I personally would also like. Um, But I definitely, it's a just a generally enjoyable experience to for me to smash things that are, you know, beautifully drawn, <laughs> so, <laughs> and have crunching sound effects that go along with that. Forty so. man hours went into <laughs> modeling and rendering this one yeah. crate that you're gonna smash uh-huh. through in four seconds. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know that's that's enough for me sometimes, I guess. <laughs> Well, I had five pages of notes, uh, mostly of what I didn't like about this game. Uh, I knew that I wasn't going to like it going into it. I really had almost a visceral reaction also to the originals that I played. Um, I just, in fact, I think that they sort of informed the gamer that I became later, having played those early and being really turned off by that, the, the linearity and the button smashiness of it. Um, we appreciate you playing it anyway for us. <laughs> you're very welcome. I was. I won't say that I was glad to, but I was glad to. Uh, I, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I, 
I played it and and that was it. <laughs> and you have done that. Now. I have done that now, and and June is over. Yes, <laughs> thank God. No. So coming up next, um, next I get to pick. Um, we are doing it a little bit different uh, next time around, and so look out for some announcements on our webpage and on Twitter and on the social media and the Facebook um, about where we're going to take uh, 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 the direction of the podcast. We're still going to be doing games every month. We're still going to be doing this, but we're kind of going to change the flavor around uh, this next season. We are going to pick a game that has been really big for us to play that um, one of our favorite games that we want to make sure that the other four of us have played. Um, sometimes we haven't, sometimes we haven't. Um, and we really, uh, and the idea is that we, we want to share a, a game that's meaningful and important to us and try to share that with each other. So I get to pick the next one. So for the month of July, we're picking something we've not done anything like before. It's a massive multiplayer online game called Elder Scrolls Online. Um, from uh, Zenimax and Bethesda Studios. You might have heard of those guys. They did this <laughs> other game that I've talked a little bit about. Um, so uh, join us in playing that next month. Look out for announcements about that coming up. Um, and we will be announcing the long-form game for Season 4, probably online and on Twitter as well. We haven't quite come up with exactly what we're going to do yet, but that won't be until December. December, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh the sixth, mm -hmm. the twelfth month. The twelfth of the sixth month. So, um, if you played along with us for this long form game, or if you've probably played this great game of the year before and you loved it or hated it, tell us why. Talk about it on uh, Twitter to us, uh, Discord channel, um, Facebook, on our website. Let us know what you thought about God of War. Dad of Boy. Dad of Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that thank you guys for joining us and we will see you guys next month bye bye bye, bye. bye.